Jesus has done 
promises to help me. with a bad case of broken spirit? What would you do? You couldn't put a cast on it like you would a broken arm. No pills can cure it, and you can't see it to guess where it hurts. But a broken spirit does hurt, inside and out. What your patient needs is a heaping healthy dose of joyful heart. Proverbs 17, verse 22. A joyful heart is good medicine. But a broken spirit dries up the bone. A joyful heart is good medicine, good medicine. A joyful heart, a joyful heart is good medicine. A joyful heart is good. A joyful heart is good medicine. 
about Jesus sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. I wish we could establish a time. I do too, really. All those other prophecies are meaningless if we can't find out when it's going to happen. Oh, don't say meaningless, Melchior. An event of such magnitude will certainly be important no matter when it takes place. But important to someone else if it happens after our lifetime. No, that event will be important to all people who ever have or ever will live, no matter when it takes place. Why, if we didn't believe that, Melchior, it would be of no use for us to study these prophecies. They were given to the Hebrew race, and it is the Hebrew scriptures that we're studying, and we're certainly not Hebrews. No, Casper, we're not Hebrews, but sometimes I wonder if we are wise men, as we're called, if we can't figure out the time. Surely, with all the prophecies concerning the birth of the Savior, there must be one somewhere to tell us when to expect it. Come, let us review them again. Well, the first prophecy was given by God to Adam and Eve. Actually, it was spoken to the serpent or devil, but the promise was for Adam and Eve and all mankind. Now, um, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and he shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Then there was Balaam who said, And there shall come a star out of Jacob. I wonder if there's any special significance to the use of the word star. Oh, Balthazar, just because you're an astronomer. You know which prophecy I like best? Isaiah's. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Such majestic-sounding names. Well, I suppose that every Israelite woman since Eve has hoped that her son would be the one to bruise the head of the serpent. Yes, yes, but what we must search for is some statement, some fact that will give us the approximate time of this great event. Well, let us divide the scrolls among us, and if we search diligently, then surely we'll find something. Melchior, Balthazar, come here. I found it. Uh, I found it. At least I think so. Uh, read it to yes, us. Yes, read it. Well, it was written by Daniel. Now listen. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. Well, that's it, isn't it? Uh, Messiah, the Prince, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, the mighty God. Yes, I'm sure they all refer to one and the same. And there is a time element there. Seven weeks and three score and two weeks from the time of the restoration of Jerusalem was authorized. If my memory serves me correctly, this commandment or authorization was given by Artaxerxes about oh, 450 years ago. Well, I guess I was wrong. No, no, maybe not. We found, remember, that the Israelite writers, when prophesying of some future event, used the term day when referring to a year. Therefore, seven and three score, or sixty, and two would be a total of sixty-nine weeks, or four hundred and eighty-three prophetic days, or four hundred and eighty-three literal years. If this Messiah is to come four hundred and eighty-three years after Artaxerxes' permission to restore Jerusalem, then it isn't quite time yet for his 
birth, for the command was given only 450 years ago. Uh, you're right, except for one small detail. Does his coming mean his birth or his anointing? If it means his birth, then the time would have to be a few years away. If, however, it means his anointing, then his birth could be at any time now, for the Hebrews anoint their priests only after they become, in mind and body, a man. Oh, yes, that's so. Yes. But I'm still intrigued by the expression of Balaam, a star. Let us observe the stars and study them. Perhaps... happy this morning. Oh, I am. You'll never guess. Oh, I don't know. Usually that kind of happiness in one of your age means just one thing. Are you and Joseph? Yes. Oh, yes. Last night he told me that he loved me and he asked but me... But Mary, will your parents approve? Oh, I'm sure my parents will approve. How could they help it? He's so good and kind and he isn't that much older. And I love him so. And oh, I'm so happy. Then I'm happy for you. highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Who art thou? Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. How shall this be? seeing that I am not yet married. The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the child which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. But I told you I am not married. With God nothing is impossible. Behold, I am but the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. He's gone. Disappeared. He was an angel. The Lord has chosen me to be the mother of the promised one. Honor of honors. My son shall be the son of the highest, the son of God. My son shall... Worthy to be the mother of the Son of God. He shall be King of Israel. Oh God, help me to be worthy. King. Savior. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at one 800 Six three four zero two three four. That's one eight hundred six three four zero two three four. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Dora, why are you sitting here all by yourself while everybody else is playing soccer? I'm mad. Yeah? Who is it this time? God. God? You're mad at God? Can you do that? I don't see why not. He knows what I'm thinking, so he already knows I'm mad at him. What did he do? It's not what he did, it's what he didn't do. You're mad at God for something he didn't do? There's a switch. What didn't he do? He didn't save my cat. Perky? Yes, 
Perky died. He got sick, and I prayed and prayed for him to get better, and he didn't. He just got sicker and sicker, and then... Oh, Dora, I'm so sorry. So you can forget about all those things I said about prayer. Prayer doesn't work. God doesn't listen. You don't mean that. I do. What good is it to pray if what you want doesn't happen? Remember what the pastor said in church last week? He said that sometimes in this bad world, bad things happen. Even when we pray for good things, that's when we're supposed to ask God to help us be happy again. Well, I don't feel like praying. Then I think you should just sit here and remember Perky. When you feel better, you can pray and thank God for the happy times you had with that silly cat. Remember when he jumped off the table and landed on your dad's foot? Yeah, I remember. And when he used to sleep on my pillow at night, his purring kept me awake. And I remember when he... Hey, Carlos, thank you. Don't thank me. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. You've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 2. Who is Charles Perkins? What is that doing out here? exclaimed Maria. There at the top of the small sand dune was a group of gravestones surrounded by a low iron fence. Several scrubby pine trees grew in and around the area. I don't know, Chris said, but it looks like it's been here forever. He opened the gate and walked over to one of the gravestones. Stooping down to take a closer look, he rubbed away some of the moss and dirt with his hand. It said, Dora Ann Simpson, beloved daughter, 1882 to 1893, rest in peace. Maria quickly subtracted the two dates in her head. She was only 11 when she died, Maria said softly. She knelt beside another gravestone, Henry Robert Simpson, 1844 to 1893, she read. That must have been Dora's father. And this one was her mother, she added after reading the words on a nearby headstone. Quietly, Chris and Maria continued to explore the graveyard, stopping to read the faint words carved into the old headstones. So many in one family died around the same time, Chris said. I wonder why, and why are they buried on top of a sand dune? I'm not sure, said Maria, but I can guess. Back in the old days, many families had their own graveyards by their houses. Maybe there used to be a home near here, but now people have forgotten about it. And it looks like people have forgotten about this place, too, added Chris, as he continued on up the sand dune. Everything is overgrown and uncared for, except... Maria, come here! Maria hurried over to where Chris was standing. 
There, a little farther up the hill, was one gravestone. Some weeds recently pulled were piled to one side. Charles Archibald Perkins, 1862-1907, to Chris read from the tombstone. Someone hasn't forgotten about him. Maria pointed, and look, read what else it says. When safely placed upon the shore, my life was changed forevermore. I wonder what that's all about, and who would be cleaning up his grave now? It's a mystery, Maria, Chris said excitedly. I wonder if there are any more clues around here. There might be, but look at the time, said Maria, glancing at her watch. We'd better get back to the yurt before Mom and Dad start wondering where we are. Okay, said Chris. I'm starting to get hungry. That wouldn't be anything new, teased Maria as they headed back down the path. I wonder who Charles Perkins was, and I'd like to learn more about this graveyard. We could talk to the park rangers, Chris suggested. They might know something. Maybe, said Maria, but let's go back to our yurt now. But there's something I'd like to know, said Chris. What's that? asked Maria. Why isn't there a signpost at the trail? Don't you think the rangers know about the graveyard? I don't know, answered Maria. It's not on the map we got when we came in, but how could they not know? When they got to the paved road, Chris and Maria stopped to empty the sand out of their shoes. As they continued walking along the road, they didn't notice a young man standing off to one side. When Chris and Maria passed by, he turned and headed up the sandy trail they'd just come down. He continued up the trail until he reached the top of the sand dune. Removing his knapsack, he took out a small trowel and continued the cleanup job he'd started the day before around Charles Perkins's grave. The story you've heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 12, Mystery of the Abandoned Lighthouse, written by Suzanne Grant-Purdue and Grant-Purdue, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. The children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.